Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We've been walking through some stories from an Old Testament book, the book of 2 Kings, and asking the question, if you believe, if you really believe in God, what would your response be? What kind of things would you be doing if you really believe? And, and today what I want to talk to you about is that if you really believe in God, and God then gives you some kind of assignment, gives you a project, gives you something that you should be doing, uh, then you would do it. You, if you really believe in God and He gave you something to do, you would go, you're God, you're in charge, and let me get on that task. Let me, let me do that. And that might be a personal project, might be something you need to work on on you, might have to do with another person, might have to do with some ministry or mission, but like he's given you an assignment. And the story I want to tell you is a very simple story, doesn't have a lot of things with it, just a very simple story, and it's about a, a, a king named Joash, he became king in uh, Judah and reigned in Jerusalem. Our scripture tells us in 2 Kings uh, 12 verse 1 that he reigned for 40 years. But if you skip forward in that uh, beginning in verse 4, it tells this little story. It says, Joash said to the priest, collect all the money that is brought as sacred offerings to the temple of the Lord, the money collected in the census, the money received from personal vows, and the money brought voluntarily to the temple, and let every priest receive the money from one of the treasures, then use it to repair whatever damage is found in the temple. Let me pause right there. So basically saying, you know, you guys, the temple's where people come to worship, take up offering, and whether it's for this, this, or this, y'all take it up. Y'all are supposed to manage. It's the priest. Manage the money. But I want you, I'm assigning you, there's some stuff, some repairs that need to be taken care of in the temple, and I want you to get on that, and I want you to take care of them. Y'all know how maintenance works? I mean, like, my goodness, you know, with our facilities, there's all kinds of issues and problems that take place. You know, things break, things need to be maintained, and, uh, and you just have to get on it and get it done. But if you don't, and they begin to pile up, and they get backed up or whatever, then all of a sudden you get into major problems, and you start having all kinds of things. I mean, I promise you from now till through summertime... They won't, I, we, we, won't, we can't go two weeks without like an air conditioner messing up or, a, you know, something's happening, right? And, and, uh, uh, and Mark jumps on that stuff and does a great job and tries to make sure that everything's working right. But what had happened in this day in the temple is they had let some stuff pile up and things had gotten to disrepair. And he said, you guys need to take care of some stuff. Now, their, their government had oversight over the temple. It was meshed together, not like where ours is separate. But, and so the king is telling the priest, get these repairs done, okay? Take up the money and get these repairs done. But then it says in verse 6, by the 23rd year of King Joash, the priest still had not repaired the temple. Therefore, King Joash summoned Jehoiada, the priest, he was the high priest, the one in charge, and the other priest, and asked them, why aren't you repairing the the damage done to the temple? 
Take no more money from your treasures, but hand it over for repairing the temple. He said, give it to me. The priest agreed that they would not collect any more money from the people and that they would not repair the temple themselves. And it goes on to describe that the king just took over the project and says, look, I gave you this assignment. You never did it. So hand the money over to me. I'm going to get the repairs done. And he did. But when I read this, I'm sitting there going like, what were you doing? I mean, he's asking them, 23 years? Like, what were you doing? Why didn't you get it done? I mean, why wasn't this at the top of your agenda? Why, why didn't it happen? Well, I've thought a lot about that. I thought, well, you know, I wish it told me. But I can imagine because you and I get in these situations. Like some of you in here are great at getting things done. You start projects and you finish them. Like you start things all the time, you finish them, you get a lot of things done, right? But some of us in here are really good at starting projects. You know what I'm talking about? You've got a lot of half-finished projects, right? All right? Some of us aren't very good at even starting. We have a lot of intention, like things we intend to do. Like we intend to get that done, but we haven't even started uh, the projects. And a lot of times it's because the projects we actually do aren't the projects we want to do. They're the projects forced on us. The boss tells us you've got to get this done. You know, somebody in your family's telling you you've got to get this done. You know, life itself is telling you you've got to get this done. And so you get those done. And by the time you get those done, you don't get to the other ones that you want to do. And sometimes we're just not ready. You know, sometimes a project you want to do requires other things to be done before you can do them. You've got all this other prep work. Like, obviously, we can't help but notice there's all these decorations for Bible school. And I know they planned a time to come up and put up the decorations. But you know what you have to do before you can put up the decorations? You have to make the decorations, right? So at some point... The project started with making the decorations. Actually, before you can make the decorations, what do you have to do? You have to plan and decide and create what will the decorations be, right? And so, you know, if it comes time to put up the decorations and you haven't made the decorations, or God forbid you hadn't even decided what they're going to be, you're in trouble. So sometimes we never get the project done because we haven't done the, the other projects that are dependent on this project getting done. Sometimes we, we're, we're not very good at evaluating the scope and the timeline and the cost of what it's going to take to do the project. Or, or a better way to ask the question is, how much of my life, my life energy, is it going to take to do this project? How much of my wallet is it going to take to do this project? How much of my calendar is it going to soak up to do this project? And... So, in other words, do I have the resources and the commitment to get this done, to do it? Or, or maybe we just are bad sometimes at evaluating the true value of a project. Like, I wonder about those priests. Like, they were doing something. What were they doing instead of the thing the king said do? What were they doing, you know? So, there's this, uh, there's this uh, matrix that business world use it's called the eisenhower matrix you might have seen this it's supposed to help you make decisions and decide what's urgent what's important how to do things and so it goes like this if something's really important 
like it has great value. It, it's, it has a huge impact. You, you give it a star for that. Or the second thing is how urgent is it? Like what's the deadline? Oh, this has to be done today. Like, and so there are some things, they fall into the urgent and important category. They are both urgent and they're important. A lot of times this is a crisis. Like it has to be done right now and it's very important. This week... I was sitting down at a restaurant. We had a family reunion. There was 22 of us, and we went to this place. Now, all 22 of us didn't go to this restaurant. We're just going out, and we grab something to eat. And I sit down, and they bring me the bill, and I pull out my wallet, and I start pulling out my credit cards, and I went, where, where is my credit card? That's a bad feeling. Have you ever had that feeling? Well, I don't know where that credit card is to this day. I don't know. It, it got lost this week. That's a bad, bad feeling. So immediately, what did I do? Cried, right. Uh, oh, that's not what you said. I'm sorry. Immediately, what did I do? I froze my account. I, I went on, I like put it on hold. Like, don't let anything charge this account. I did it right then. Now, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that happens that should have happened. Do y'all have things in your life that you've been waiting four weeks to do? Like it keeps getting bumped, it keeps getting bumped, it keeps getting bumped. But if it's important and it's urgent, it goes right up to the front of the line. And those are the things we do. Now some stuff is important, but it's not urgent. It's an important thing, but it's not very urgent. It doesn't have a deadline. Very important things in your life. Your relationships, right? Your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your significant other, your relationship with Jesus, right? Really important stuff. Not only your spiritual health, your own emotional health, your physical health. Like, there's all kinds of things that are really, really important. But there's not a deadline. You can always do those things tomorrow. The problem is that they tend to be the most important things. But they, they don't have a deadline. And none of those things have a deadline until they become a crisis. And then all of a sudden they are. Now there are some things that are not important, but they're urgent. They're, they've got a deadline. Your kid has to get to ball practice tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Now I just got to tell you, and maybe to the kid it's different, but I'm just going to tell you, your child getting to a seven-year-old little league practice is really not that important. It's not. But it has a deadline, and all of a sudden it gets on the agenda, right? It takes over. And other things can do that. There kind of be interruptions sometimes. Like, your mom calls, you know? Now, I know a lot of you, all of you in this room, when your mom calls, you look at the phone and you go like, Oh, my mom called. And you answer the phone and say, Hey, Mom. None of you look at your phone and go like, oh my gosh. Don't know. Don't agree. Okay. Your mom caught something happens, like it's an interruption, right? And then there's another category, and that's the category of things that are not urgent and they're not important. They're distractions. They're entertainment, if you will. Okay? They're fun things. They're not important, and they're not urgent, but we just... We just do them, right? 
And we all have those things, and we need to do those things, and we enjoy those things, but we're on our phone, we're playing a game, we're watching TV, we're doing something, and then those kind of things. What I want to talk to you about is, I, I kind of have a, I'm kind of wondering, what were those priests doing? And here's my worry. My worry is that there are things in your life that are God-sized things that He really wants you to do that are very important. And they kind of fall in that category right there that I've got colored in. They're the important things, but they're not urgent. And we don't do them. And my theory is that we're going to be just like those priests and 23 years pass, like some ridiculous amount of time passes. And now we're facing God and He's going, why did you not do the most important things? And what's our answer going to be? Is it because we're always in crisis mode? I think sometimes that's what happens. I think some of us in this room, we are always in crisis mode. It's one crisis after another. It's just this happens, and we're taking care of this, and then we're scrambling and going over and doing this. It can happen like that. You, could, you can leave this service, you can go out in the parking lot, and your car doesn't crank, and guess what? All of a sudden, crisis mode. Like everything's changed. Or you can be like me and you're trying to, you're getting your credit card out to pay your bill and it's not there. All of a sudden, it's crisis mode. Or like one of my friends last week who pulled out his driver's license and went, uh oh, my driver's license expires today, right? And by the way, by the way, I said that in the first service and somebody checked their driver's license, so I don't know, and they said, oh, my driver's license expires next week. And I was like, oh, like, thank you for preaching this message. That's the one thing that they got. <laughs> but at least one good thing happened. You know, you know, I'll tell you how a crisis happens. A crisis happens when you're in your restroom at home and you look over and there is no more toilet paper on the roll. But it's okay because you just open the cabinet and there are always rolls on, in, in the cabinet. And you open that and there's not a roll in that cabinet. Guess what? Oh, it's crisis mode. And it's really crisis mode when you realize y'all didn't buy toilet paper the last time you were at the grocery store. Somebody's about to head to Dollar General. Thank God it's only 0.4 miles from your house. <laughs> Which they all are. There's one there, okay? Crisis mode. And we live in it. And we really don't do very much else. It's one crisis after another. Now, sometimes I want to tell you, you're in crisis mode all the time because you never go to that side. See, that little square, here's what I'll call it. I'll call it planning and nurture. It's where we stop and we plan for things, and it's where we stop and spend time on important relationships. They're very important, but it's not urgent. So the way something becomes a crisis is because we don't check our driver's license expiration date, we don't buy the toilet paper, or maybe it's big stuff. We're not taking care of ourselves physically until there's a crisis. 
we're not investing in that relationship until it breaks up and we start having problems, now it becomes a crisis. We're not having genuine, eternal consequence type of conversations with people until there's a crisis. We never get in that mode where we're just intentionally spending time with people we need to, where we're intentionally reading God's Word and spending time with Him, where we're, where we're planning life. And so we have nothing but crisis, crisis, crisis. Or, sometimes we're just really bad at evaluating what a crisis is. I want to tell you, some of you think you're in crisis mode all the time and you're not. It's just real life. Or, it really doesn't have to be done right now. Or, it's really not that important. It's not. But we make everything. We're so used to being in crisis mode because we haven't found the time to get in this spot where we get in a wisdom mode. A peaceful mode. Like, yes, God's there in the crisis, my friend. God is there in the crisis. But I want you to know that God didn't come just to solve your crisis. He came that you might have peace. That's what he said. He came that you might have peace. Now, sometimes there's some of us in here, we're not in crisis mode all the time. You're in autopilot mode all the time. This is autopilot. You get up, you get ready. You go to work, you do your job, you get home, you pay your bills, you do your chores, you take care of whatever things need to be taken care of, you pause for some crisis, and then you go right back to autopilot mode, and you never, ever get in nurture mode unless it's a happy accident. You know what happy accidents are? You had a really cool conversation with your kid on the way to ball practice. And it just happened to happen. Because there was a 10-minute car ride. We have these happy accidents. And and thank God for church. Now, some of you, on your getting from home to church, you were in crisis mode the whole time. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're scrambling around and doing all this stuff, and that's the way it was. Thank God for church, though, you know. Thank God for those happy accidents. Thank God for those little moments. But are we really spending time with God? Are we really nurturing these other relationships? Are we doing these things that God wants us to do? I'm just worried that there's going to come this point where God says to us, it's been 23 years, why did you never, ever do the main thing I assigned you to do? What were you doing? Well, I was in crisis mode all the time. What were you doing? I was in autopilot mode all the time. Or, what many of us do is, we go to that entertainment distraction mode like that. As soon as crisis urgency gets turned off, crisis mode is, it's a deadline, it has to be done, and it's an emergency. Interruption mode, it has to be done, has to be done. It's not important, but it has to be done. And all we're ever doing is everything that has to be done. And as soon as we get off the has to be done list, we just go to distraction mode. 
We just go to entertainment mode. Give me my movie and a blanket. Give me my deer stand and my camo. Give me my book and my glass of wine. Give me my phone and my earbuds. Give me whatever it is that I run to. Give me that ball game on TV. Give me my snacks and my ball game. You know, give me the thing that I want to distract myself. And some distraction is great. I, I entertain myself all the time. Tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the NBA game. Now, I'm going to watch like a pro. I'm going to eliminate the distractions to my distraction. I'm going to wait till the game has been playing for an hour, and then I'm going to start watching it and fast forward through all the commercials. Y'all know, I, like he's a pro at distraction, right? Like, you know, but, and then what am I doing in the meantime? You know, you're scrolling on your phone, you're playing games, we're doing all this stuff. And I'm not saying anything negative about that. You need entertainment. That's fine. The problem is, if we never do that, never. And so we don't have time to build these relationships that are important, to spend time with the Lord, to follow through on what He has assigned us to do. I just wonder what those priests were doing. Was it crisis mode day after day? Was it autopilot day after day? And the rest of the time, they're like, entertaining themselves, you know, and having a good time and enjoying their life and never, ever did the thing that the king said, this is what you're to do. So maybe what we need to do is reevaluate our crises. Why are they happening so much? How am I handling them? Am I evaluating them properly? Think about all the interruptions in my life. Are they really important? Am I valuing some of that too much? What about the distractions? Do I need to eliminate some of them? Do I need to limit some of them? And take some time to intentionally do the things that God really wants me to do. What are those things? Probably different from a, for everybody in the room, whatever those things are. But there are things that we need to be doing. And that's really the invitation today. I don't know what your thing, Joash told them, repair the temple. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know if it's a physical thing you need to be doing. I don't know if it's a relationship thing. But I know what happens. Everything in that category will eventually become a crisis. It will. Like you meant to have that conversation with your friend about deep spiritual things. You wanted to tell them. You care about them. You want them to go to heaven. Like you want them to know Jesus. You want them to have peace in their life. But you, you don't tell them until something terrible happens. And now it's a crisis. And then we do it. We roll along and roll along and we do all this stuff and life just, it's just cascading. It's just moving forward at 90 miles an hour and all of a sudden, your kids are my, the, the age mine are. They're 20-something years old. And now you have a problem. 
And now you want to sit down and have a big time conversation and talk with them and deal with them. And but what have we been doing for 23 years? You can't put it off and put it off and put it off. That's my question to you. My invitation to you is this. Make the phone call. Schedule the appointment. Set aside time to spend with God. You have it. You do have it. You do. Connect with God. Do what He's assigned you to do. Move it up the chart to where it needs to be. And start gathering the materials and setting aside the time to do what God has assigned you to do. God assigns you that thing to bring, to bring joy and peace and fulfillment to your life. And it hangs over here like a weight because we keep pushing it aside and pushing it aside. Just do it. Do it. I just don't want you or me or any of us to be in the position where God just finally says, like, forget it. Just give it to me, and I'll go over here and, get, and do it. Because nobody's going to give us a pat on the back for, you know, we're not going to, you know, receive cheers. At like, what's my big cheer today? <laughs> I got my credit card, the new one, back, and... I got on the computer and I changed all of my accounts over to the new credit card from the old one. That was a lovely couple of hours yesterday afternoon. Yay. I did hand the card to Perlene and she looked at me and goes, Wow, you already got this? I said I had it overnighted to us, you know, so we'd have, you know, whatever. And she's like, gave me like, I felt that, you know, you're my man. What an awesome guy. Like for just a moment. How quickly... She forgot, I'm her man and what an awesome guy because I lost the card in the first place, right? Is that what we're going to revel in? Is that what our life is? Oh, I hope and pray not. Those guys could have written a different story. It could have been a completely different story. You know, we're just making memories right now. That's what we're doing. We're making memories, and we're writing the story that we're going to tell. You know what their story was? It's right there in Scripture. We were the dudes that never did the job. Their story could have been, the king told us what we needed to do. And we worked hard, and we made a plan, and we put it together, and we gathered the money, and we got the repairs done where people could worship God, and we were a part of that. But that's not the story they told. You, my friend, are writing the story right now that you're going to tell me and other people throughout your life. You're writing the story now. What you do today... And what you do this week is the story that you're going to tell a month from now, a year from now. What is it going to be? Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I know that 
so many times we just get caught up, so caught up in this life. Sometimes it feels just like one crisis after another, one problem after another, one thing after another. And then, Lord, there's that monotony of life. It just goes on and on and on with all the things that have to be done. And we want to do well. We want to do the things that matter. And, Lord, we tend to, we just blame life. We blame everything but ourselves as if we're powerless. But, Lord, you're powerful. And Lord, if we really want to, we could do the things that matter, the things that you're leading us and guiding us to do. And we could build on the most important relationships in our life, and we could grow in our knowledge of you, and we could live in peace and joy with you. And yes, Lord, we'll encounter crises all along the way, and you'll be there for us, but Lord, that's, that's not the main setting. That's not our main everyday mode we're in, Lord. No, Lord, we're, we want to be the person who's accomplishing great things for you. Where we're impacting people's lives in things that matter, that matter so much, Lord. Help us, Lord, to just reevaluate who we are and what we're doing and why we're doing it. Let us hear with open ears and see with open eyes what you have before us, what you would have us to do. And move it to the forefront of our lives. Lord, in Jesus' name, we worship you, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.